Uh, well, with the groundbreaking today, I thought it would be a good idea to devote today's service to reminding us what we're up to at Vineyard Potaskal. I think it's easy for Christians, it's easy for churches to lose sight of what we're really about. We're getting ready to expand the building, getting ready to expand the parking lot. We have placed a lot of emphasis on that over the last year and a half or so. We've put a lot of work into it because you have to. But the reality is we're not about buildings and parking lots. You know, churches engage in so many activities that sometimes it can be a little confusing, I think, for someone to answer questions such as, what's the church about? Or, or what's even the point of, of church? And, and so if a Christian is asked these questions, there, there could be different answers that Christians might give. You know, someone if asked those questions might answer, well, we're about community. We're about fellowship. Someone else might ask that question and they would answer something like, well, we're about serving others. We really want to be a blessing to our community in practical ways. Someone else could be asked that question and say something like, well, we're really in, about investing in the lives of kids. You know, we, we want to provide good programs for kids that help to uh, shape their faith. That's what we're about. Uh, someone else might be asked and say, well, you know, we really enjoy having fun around here. We like to do special events, uh, outreach events, fellowship events. Uh, we, we, we like to do things like karaoke nights. By the way, karaoke night was wonderful. Uh, if you weren't here, it was a lot of fun. Stan Tenen sang a, a song. It was fantastic. I sang a song. It was fantastic. I've been told for years I couldn't sing. I listened to the video. I'm like, what are people talking about? That is awesome. It's awesome. We had karaoke night, uh, backyard barbecues, backyard cookouts, zip lining, uh, you know, so someone might say, that's the stuff we're about. And, and none of those answers are really wrong. I, I mean, we do all of those things, but those answers aren't exactly right either. They're at best incomplete answers. Uh, these answers to me would be sort of like someone asking a football player uh, to explain what the, what the point of football is. And the football player coming up with something like this, well, football is about having cool uniforms. Football is about who has the nicest stadium. Football is about hanging out with the team and having a, a lot of fun the night before the game. Now, I didn't play football. Um, a coach was mean to me one time, and I said, I'm done with that. So I, I didn't really play football. But, but all of those things, uh, I think... Uh, are a part of the football experience. Uh, all of those things are, uh, you know, connected to football, but they really don't get to the heart of what football is fundamentally about. Uh, I, I think I would be right in saying at some fundamental level, you would say football is about a team working in unity with one another, giving 100% effort towards some very specific things. Winning a game. Winning all the games. Winning a championship. All of those other things are a part of the experience of football, but they leave out uh, a key objective. They leave out the fundamental point of the thing, the, the fundamental mission of playing football. By the way, are you happy that football season has rolled around once again? 
Yes, it's a, it's a great thing. Uh, speaking of football, uh, Urban Meyer, uh, who you may have heard of, uh, is a, uh, you know, wildly successful coach. So he writes books and people listen a lot to what he has to say. And Urban Meyer is a strong advocate for the importance of organizational alignment. And so he says that in his years of coaching, he's come to believe that to be successful in football or to be successful really in any endeavor in life, everyone in the organization, whatever it is, a team, a business, a civic organization, everyone has to be aligned with the mission and purpose of the group. And so he speaks a lot and writes about the importance of everyone in the organization being fully bought in and 100% committed to the mission and purpose of the organization. I am quite confident that if someone asks a player on Urban Meyer's team what the mission of their football team is, and that player said, to look really cool in my uniform, <laughs> that player would do a lot of extra running. That's what I'm thinking would happen. And as a member of Vineyard Christian Church, it is important to understand very clearly what our mission and purpose is, what it is we're about. You need to know what we're doing here, what the point of this is. And so everything that I want to say today, you, if you're a member here, should already know, or if you don't, you really should commit yourself to knowing this, to, to getting this in you, to allowing it to really be a part of who you are. And so I'm devoting today to articulating our mission and purpose again so that you can be aligned with the mission and purpose of the church. If someone asks you what we're about here at the vineyard and you say, we're just a bunch of people who like to fellowship and have fun, you're going to do some running. <laughs> If you say, you know, we're just into community over there, I'm going to ask you to drop and give me 10. <laughs> and of course, I'm joking. Coaches have a little bit more sway uh, than pastors do. They can demand those things. Uh, I've tried and it doesn't work. Uh, so, uh, but you really do need to know our mission and purpose. All of those other things that we've named, they're good things that they're accurate to some extent and that they are things that we do, but there is something that is much more fundamental, something that is much more foundational that's really what we're doing, that is really our mission and purpose. And so let's spend a few minutes identifying that today. And here is good news for you. I did not decide on our mission. It was not my decision. The mission and purpose of the church was determined a long time ago by a man named Jesus. That's who came up with it. The church belongs to Jesus. He's the founder of it. He's the sustainer of it. He died for it. He rose again for it. He is coming again for his church. It's his. And so it was his decision to make what the mission of the church should be. And he made it. 
And here's what it is. It's called the Great Commission. It's found in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. This is what Jesus says our mission is, what Christians are supposed to be doing. Doesn't matter if you're employed by a church or not. If you are a Christian, no matter your vocation, this is your highest calling in life, what you are supposed to be doing from now until Jesus returns. Here it is. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's the Great Commission. That's what Jesus says his followers are supposed to be doing from now until he returns. So let's break this down. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's evangelism. Central to the mission of the church is evangelism. Telling people that don't know Jesus about Jesus. That's why, even though it's not within our power to control the fruit that comes from our evangelistic efforts, the church and individual Christians must be committed to the practice of evangelism. And so that's why we've given ourselves over the past year to trying to better equip ourselves in the area of evangelism. It's why we've offered multiple evangelism classes it's why we ask our connect groups during this past semester to, to focus on the evangelism class, which is basically a book study of the, of the book Tell Someone by Greg Laurie. This is our mission. This is why we exist. The idea of a Christian that is unconcerned with evangelism, the idea of a Christian that is not engaging in evangelism or at least keeping their eyes open for open doors to evangelism, or the idea of a Christian that says, well, evangelism just isn't my thing, that shouldn't be that way. That's a problem. That's a problem. And, and if that's your attitude, here's what it means. And by the way, I just want to assure you, like, I'm not angry about anything today. I'm really happy so if any of this sounds angry, it's not angry. I, I'm, I'm like super happy today, uh, but I just need to tell you the truth. And this is the truth. If that's your attitude, it means, first of all, that you are not in alignment with your home church. You're not in alignment with Vineyard Christian Church. Now, we still love you. We still want you to be here, you know, like you're still our pal, but you're not in alignment with what we're doing. But beyond that, you're not in alignment with the universal church. And by that I mean the, the true believing church, the people who have truly been regenerated by God's spirit, the, 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 the church that Jesus is coming back for. You are not in alignment with that church. Amen. And it means something even more. 
It means that you're not in alignment with Jesus himself who wants everyone to come to saving faith in him and specifically gave us the job of working toward that end. And you say, Brian, I don't like that. I don't like it. Well, Jesus determined the mission of the church. So you should probably take it up with him. (laughs) And here's what I'm fairly confident about. If you don't like it, he doesn't like it that you don't like it. (laughs) Evangelism is our mission. Now let's go on with the Great Commission. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. That's discipleship. Central to the mission of the church is evangelism. And central to the mission of the church is discipleship. Teaching everyone who comes to faith in Christ to obey. Yes. Obey. Obey what? Everything. (laughs) Yep, that's what he said. Everything I have commanded you. Have you seen this? There's a lot of commands in there. Jesus says, teach people to obey everything that I've put in there. Brian, dude, all of this obey terminology is harshing my mellow. I'm sorry you had to hear those words come out of my mouth. (laughs) Brian, you know, don't you, that Christianity isn't just a list of rules. I do happen to know that. I really do. Jesus knows that too. And yet he said, central to the mission is teach people to obey everything I've commanded. Christianity is a relationship. I I know this. Scripture teaches us this. But let's even think through that a little bit. This relationship is presented in Scripture in a variety of ways. The relationship is presented as a relationship between a bride and a groom. That's one of the ways that this relationship with God is presented. It's also presented as a friendship relationship, that that, that God is our friend, that, that we're friends with God. But more than anything else in Scripture, our relationship with God is presented in the language of a father and his children, with children having the responsibility to obey the father who gives commands based on what he knows is best for us. When we think of discipleship, we think of, and and rightly think of, the, the, uh, the, the things that, like the means of discipleship, the things we do to, 
to help disciple one another. We think of things that fall under this banner of teaching, teaching and encouraging each other. We think of supporting each other. We think of holding each other accountable. We think of practicing spiritual disciplines. And those things are discipleship. But what we often forget when we talk about discipleship is what the fruit of discipleship is supposed to be. What, what the result of discipleship is supposed to be. The fruit of discipleship is sanctification. The fruit of discipleship is increasing obedience to Jesus. And so this is really important. The real test of growing in your faith isn't that you really enjoy singing worship songs, even though that's a great thing. And even though I do think often participating in worship is a sign of spiritual activity and vitality. But the real test of growing in your faith isn't, isn't that you enjoy singing worship songs. People who aren't even Christians can come into a worship service and enjoy a, a, a time of singing song. The real test of spiritual growth isn't that you like to serve other people. I can't find anyone hardly anywhere in the world today that doesn't at least give a lip service to wanting to serve other people. Now, frankly, most of it is lip service. It's amazing how much people love to serve others in, in theory. Uh, but, but, but everybody uh, essentially is affirming of the idea of serving other people. That's not the test of spiritual growth. According to Jesus, the test of spiritual growth is increasing obedience. That's what tells us if we're growing spiritually. Now, thankfully, thankfully, God is committed to our growth over the long haul. He knew when he got started with us that our growth would be slow. He knows that we'll never reach full spiritual maturity in this life. God is gracious to us when we fail and when we're disobedient. He still loves us and he still walks with us. But obedience is the objective of discipleship and the evidence of growing spiritually. So don't leave here today and say, oh, I just can't believe all that legalism Brian dumped on us today, all that obey stuff. You, you've just heard, uh, God's gracious. He, 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 he knows he's got a long project with us. He, he, he is gracious to us when we fail. But none of that changes that obedience is the objective of discipleship. None of that changes that it is the evidence of growing spiritually. And so this is the mission of the church given, us to by, uh, given to us by Jesus himself. The Great Commission, evangelism, and discipleship with the end result being increasing obedience to Jesus because as our creator, as the creator of life, he knows that we increasingly flourish as we increasingly obey him. Amen. And that's why he wants us to obey. Amen. He wants you to flourish in life. He wants your life to be full and abundant. And that's why he wants you to obey him. And all of this, our mission and the fruit that results from the mission is toward a very specific end. It is toward the end of the glory of God. The glory of God. 
everything. Evangelism and discipleship, people submitting to the rule of God, is for the purpose of God being glorified. Now, the number of verses in the Bible that talk about God's glory, that talk about God being glorified, that talk about God's concern for his own glory are numerous. Like, they're all through the Bible. But I picked one to highlight today. I want to share this one with you. Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. See what it says? You are the light of the world. Let your light shine. Evangelism. Let people see your good works. Discipleship and obedience. Why? Toward what end? That the light you shine, the good works you do, would cause people to glorify your Father in heaven. This is... The mission given to us by Jesus, evangelism and discipleship for the glory of God. That's what we're about. That's our, that's our mission from Jesus. It's why the church exists. And it allows us to draw from it three primary purposes for the church. The first one we might call ministry to God or worship of God. This is our highest purpose, that our lives would bring God glory. We worship God when we sing praises to his name. We worship God as we increasingly yield to him. We worship God as we do good work for our employer and clients. We worship God as we join his mission in the world. And really, all of those other things I've mentioned are, are, are uh, contained within this one, that we're to join God in his mission of evangelism and discipleship. Our highest purpose is the worship of God. And the other two purposes of the church result in the highest purpose being achieved. So our first and primary purpose, the purpose behind uh, the other ones, is that God would be glorified, that God's glory would be increased. Our second purpose is ministry to the world. So let, let, let me, let me uh, I think I got lost there. So our first and highest priority is worship of God. Our second purpose is ministry to the world, which is expressed primarily through evangelism. And then our third purpose is ministry to each other, which is most succinctly and comprehensively identified as discipleship. All of the things that fall under teaching to obey. Teaching, encouraging, praying with, walking alongside of and restoring when we've failed and holding accountable each other when we need that. So our mission is evangelism and discipleship which accrues to the glory of God. It allows us to identify these three primary purposes, ministry to God, ministry to the world, ministry to each other.
And so if someone asks any member of VCC what our mission is, those are the things you should be able to say. That's the answer you should be able to give. If someone asks a member here, what's the purpose of the church? Whether they mean our church or the church universal, you should be able to give an answer that is at least an approximation of what we've been talking about here today. Our purpose is to minister to God, the world, and each other. If the person's an unbeliever, you might phrase it a little differently. Our, our purpose is to worship God, share Christ with those who don't know him, and to personally grow in obedience to Jesus. You should be able to answer those questions quickly and easily because this is your mission if you're a Christian. It should just be in you. You should just know this. And we need every Christian aligned with the mission, 100% committed to the mission. Now, if you're a member here, we've come up with a couple statements that articulate our mission and purpose in our own words. And if you're a member here, you're aligned with VCC, you should know these. And in fact, if you know these, I'll let you off the hook on all the other things I've said today because these things summarize all the other things I've said here today. So the first one is our mission statement, and here's what it is. Vineyard Christian Church exists to introduce people to Christ and develop them into maturing disciples of Jesus who will then continue that process with others. That's our mission. That's our mission. This week, I was so happy to receive an email from Tim Barrett that he concluded by saying, in part, I'm blessed to be part of an alive, relevant church that is committed to introducing others to Jesus Christ, discipling them into maturing Christians in order for them to do the same to others, uh, for others. Tim Barrett knows our mission. And if he was in here, we'd give him a big old hand like we did in the first service. He knows our mission. And that's a great thing. Every member here should, should know that. And this mission, if you pay attention to it, it summarizes the Great Commission quite nicely. It includes evangelism, introducing people to Jesus. And it includes discipleship, developing them into maturing disciples of Christ. And if I were writing this today, I would add a sentence to it. And maybe we need to consider doing this. Here's what I would add. We are committed to this mission for the glory of God and the well-being of people. That's our mission. And with that extra statement that I added, it encapsulates all three purposes for which the church exists. So you need to know that. You need to be fully committed to that if this is your church home. If you're not, we love you, but you're not in alignment with us. And when any organization, a business, a football team, a civic organization, a family, or a church does not have widespread buy-in, when everyone is in line with the vision, the mission, and the purpose, effectiveness is compromised. Doesn't mean you can't still be effective. Doesn't mean you can't still win some battles and see some progress. But it's compromised. You're not going to be as effective. You're not going to be as fruitful as if everyone was bought in and committed to the common mission. So fellow believers, let's purpose today to fully commit ourselves to the cause of Christ, 
to, to be people who are fully aligned with the mission of the church that Christ gave us and to be people who give 100% effort toward that mission. And here's why I can encourage you this way and, and, and feel perfectly fine about it and feel like I'm not being too demanding of you. It's because what I'm asking you to commit to and, and align with and give 100% toward is what Jesus asked you to do until he returns. I, I, I'm just relaying what Jesus has asked of his people. The second statement we use around here, we call our vision statement. And it shows up on quite a few things. It's not necessarily a, a technically complete phrase, but it largely captures our mission and purpose. It's simply connecting people with God and each other. If you can't remember anything else, I am confident you can commit that one to memory. Connecting people with God and each other. Connecting people with God, evangelism. Connecting people with each other has the idea behind it that we come together, we connect together for the purpose of encouraging one another in our walk with God and in our spiritual growth. So commit these things to memory. How can you fully Commit and contribute to the cause of Christ if you're unclear about what we're doing. This is what we're doing. This is what we're about. So with the things I've shared today as our mission and purpose, another thing that I want to share with you today is that everything we do around here is tied to our mission and purpose. At least we want it to be, and at least that is the intention behind what we do. So let me give you one example. I've already mentioned it today. Recently, we had karaoke night. How in the world is karaoke night? A, a bunch of people coming together, singing mostly secular songs eating appetizers and desserts, how is that serving this mission and purpose of the church that I've articulated here today? Especially when our song vetting team missed a word in a song and a truly awful word appeared on our screen during karaoke night to the horror of everyone in attendance. <laughs> How does that contribute to the mission of the church? Here's how. Sometimes people who don't know Jesus like karaoke. So they come to karaoke night where they meet people who do know Jesus and discover that they kind of like those people. Because they kind of like those people, they decide that even though they're not a Christian, they wouldn't mind hanging out with those people more. So they start attending church. As they do, they encounter God's spirit in a way they previously hadn't. They hear the gospel consistently communicated, and they end up giving their life to Jesus. Here's how. 
Two Christians who have been coming to church together for several years, but whose paths have never really crossed very much, happen to sit down at the same table at karaoke night and they start talking with each other. A friendship develops that begins to grow because of that initial interaction at karaoke night. And eventually that leads these two people to grow so close together that they decide to be accountability partners and now they meet together twice every month to pray for each other, read scripture, and encourage one another to continue living in obedience to Christ. Am I saying that these kinds of things always result from something like karaoke night? No, I'm not claiming that. But that is the kind of potential that these events hold, and that is why we do them, and sometimes those things do happen. And if more of us fully bought into the mission and vision, and if more of us understood that everything we do, even things that seem silly like karaoke nights, are, are actually done and, and tied to the, the purpose of introducing people to Jesus and developing them into maturing disciples of Jesus, if everyone bought into that, the potential impact of events like that would be multiplied many times over because we would understand our mission and we'd see everything we do in light of that mission. Amen. So you say, Brian, you mean karaoke night fundamentally is about introducing people to Jesus and developing them into maturing disciples of Jesus. Yes. Yes. Now, I'm a little sensitive to the time, but as I've said recently, even when we go long, we still don't have very long services. So, so you know, deal with it. Um, but, but, but there's a part of my message I, I wasn't sure if I was going to share or not, but I, I think I need to share this because I hear this pretty frequently in the church, not necessarily this church, but in the, in the church as a whole. So you hear me say, everything we do is motivated by wanting people to come to know Jesus and, and be developed into maturing disciples of Jesus. And there, there are those within the Christian church who hear that kind of thing. And they respond in a way similar to this. They say, so, so what you're saying, Brian is that we don't ever truly do anything around here without an agenda. Without the agenda. And they, they always say it in a very ominous voice, you know. Without the agenda of getting people saved and sanctified, is that what you're saying? That is exactly what I'm saying. And if you find that problematic, the problem is you. <laughs> the word agenda sounds so ominous, but all it really means is this. As a Christian, not as a pastor, as a Christian. You don't have to be a pastor for this to apply. As a Christian, every interaction that I have with anyone... If I love them, which I should love everyone, if I want them to flourish, which I should, then I want God to use me to help draw them to himself and help them grow in their relationship with him. 
This absolutely should be our highest priority in every relationship in life. If we're a Christian. Call that an agenda. (laughs) If you want. It's just being loving. It's just being concerned about people. It's just wanting the best for people. And listen, if you run into a Christian that is like that, it's like, well, I just, I, I just deal with people without any agenda. I don't need to, you know, look for an opportunity to tell people about Jesus. I, I just don't, I don't look at people as a project. If you run into that kind of Christian, you are dealing with one of two people and you respond according to which kind of people they are, I guess. Uh, the first possibility is that there is, they are someone who uh, is well-intentioned, but just horribly misguided. The other possibility is that you are dealing with a wolf in sheep's clothing. And in the church today, that is an increasing likelihood. So be careful. Will we still love people, care for people, if they never come to Christ? Of course. Will we still be friendly with people? Be friends with people who reject the gospel? Of course. But will we ever apologize for believing that the most loving thing that we can ever do for someone is lead them to Jesus and help them grow in their relationship to him? Absolutely not. We will never apologize for that. I have an agenda for my kids. The highest agenda that I have for them is to know Jesus and grow in their relationship with him. And if that's the agenda I have for my kids, it ought to be the agenda that I have for everyone else that I come in contact with because I love those kids. And so if that's what I want for the people I love, that's what I should want for everyone. So on this day, when we mark a very important milestone in our church's history, the groundbreaking of a very needed expansion... I wanted to make sure you knew that we all were reminded together what we are about and what we're not about. You see, programs and buildings are simply tools that we use in service uh, toward the accomplishment of our mission and purpose. I am really excited about this building expansion because it's a very helpful tool for our mission. It, It really is. We're going to be correcting some deficiencies that I think are really going to to help. We're going to have a better building and parking lot tool than what we currently have. But buildings and programs are just that. They are tools to accomplish our mission and purpose. But we are not about buildings and programs. That's not what we're about. What we're about is what I've shared with you today. The Great Commission, sharing Jesus with those who don't know him, helping each other grow in faith. And we're about these things because God uses these things to glorify himself. And we're about these things because we care for the well-being of people, both now and for eternity. So this is what we're about. This is what we're doing. And I appeal to all of you who call this your home. 
get aligned with our mission and purpose, what Jesus told us to do until he returns. Give your life to this for the glory of God and the well-being of people. Why don't you stand?